Hi there, I'm Andy, a moon chasing, manifesting, wander lover, and feel good aficionado. Consider me your woo woo best friend. This show is a sacred space for ideas, concepts, and modalities that might be considered taboo, but that I personally find a great magic in. In these conversations, my mission is to inspire confidence, worth, and mystical thinking in our modern world. Let's get into it, shall we? Hi, hi, hi. Here we are. It is episode six. I'm Andy. We're back on Your Woo Woo Best Friend, and I just have to say, as we're going into the sixth episode, I am so filled up with so much gratitude for what has happened so far in this first season. You guys have been so incredibly amazing and magical, and you are sharing the show far and wide. We, thus far, as I record this today, have been ranked number 12 in the spirituality charts on Apple's iTunes podcast charts. And okay, wow. I I really am just mind blown. I was so incredibly excited to see so many of your faces at our launch party. What a special night. What a special event as we launched our first three episodes. And Every morning when I wake up and read through the reviews, you guys continue to just blow my mind with all of the magical things that you are saying. So thank you so much for continuing to support the show. We are a brand new baby show and we have lots of big plans for where the show is going. So keep sharing, keep leaving reviews, and I promise that we'll keep bringing really amazing guests and conversations your way. As of today, I'm going to add a new little something to the close of each episode with all of these amazing reviews that you guys have shared. I want to give you guys a little shout out for what you have to say. So I'm going to close the show with a couple of these reviews. And I do so with so much gratitude and so much heart and so much appreciation for the way you all are showing up to support. And I hope you continue to get so much out of each of our guests, each of the solo episodes that are coming up. And I promise that myself and my team over here, we will continue to cultivate something that you can be really excited about receiving every week, every Thursday when the show comes out. So With full disclosure, I have to tell you, as I was sitting down to start recording this episode, I had to take a couple of deep breaths, like really deep breaths, inhale through the nose, exhale through the nose, and I might have to do it again now. I am spending some time today in this show with a dear friend of mine from Nashville. We met during my time living there. Her name's Carson Dupree, and I'll tell you a little bit about Carson momentarily. But I want you guys to know we're going to be getting into some topics that are could be a little bit triggering. We're getting really personal and we're sharing some stories from each of our lives that have really shaped us to become the women that we are today. And on any good purpose-filled path, there are going to be some really beautiful highs and of course some really scary lows. And we're talking about some of those lows today in this episode. 
We are going to be talking a little bit about disordered eating. She and I have both had that experience and we're talking about Carson's birth process as well and what she learned from her two little boys and the experience of giving birth, which has led her onto the path that she's on today. And with warning of that potential trigger trigger points on this conversation, I hope that you will give this episode a listen with an ear for healing, with an understanding that when we have conversations like this, there's an opportunity to really dig deep into our soul and face our shadow and touch the darkest parts of ourselves and come come forward through the fire with oh gosh just a a plan of how we of how we move closer to our own purpose and evolution so i want to share that because honestly as carson and i sat down to have this conversation i personally was not intending to share my own story of um, anorexia and bulimia as a young adult, as a as a teenager and a young adult. And it's certainly something that I'm sure I'm learning in this podcasting space. It's 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 really wild, you guys. It's like I've I've been a writer and a blogger for over a decade. And these are stories that I've really never shared that way. But I find when we get into conversations that are incredibly in- intimate you just go there. You just have the conversation. And that's what Carson and I are doing in this episode. We're just going there. We're just having the conversation. And it's a, it's, it, you're not really considering as you're having the conversation, how many ears are going to be listening to what you're talking about because you're just there in the moment and it's, and it's intimate and it's important to be raw and real when you're, when you're, when your intention is to find opening for yourself, for others, for those that are going to be listening. So taking a deep breath now. Uh, Yeah, because here we're going to go. We're going to go into it. And I'm so appreciative of Carson for being willing to have these conversations with me and to talk about these things that are incredibly personal. And I'm so appreciative of you guys for being here to listen. So With that, I'm going to tell you a little bit about Carson, and then we'll get into the episode. My lovely friend Carson is a Nashville-based artist. She's a mama, and you will learn all about her experience entering into motherhood. She is a health and wellness enthusiast through and through. She's currently in doula school, and you'll get to hear all about what a doula is and what a doula does and how she found her journey into this world. She's also a podcast host and her podcast is called Conscious as a Mother. I really wanted to interview Carson. I've seen Carson go through her own transformation that I've found to be so inspiring. She just projects this divinity, this very deep mothering, soul-filled divinity. And I've said to her in the episode, you'll you'll hear this as we get into it. I don't know that she knows that that's how she comes across, but the second you meet her, you feel that from her. She, when I met her, she was teaching yoga. She was um, she was actually 
uh, not even pregnant yet with her first little boy. And she was sharing a lot of stories, very personal stories through her blog and through Instagram around her journey with food and wellness and what that looked like for her. And then I got to see her evolution as she went from teaching yoga and being a health coach and really working in that space to this really amazing experience of going from that through the process of her births. She had two little boys, pretty back to back. They're both under the age of three right now. And then she launched this podcast called Conscious as a Mother, which we'll talk about in the episode. Carson just really finds a way to channel what is what is aligning for her and for her community in that moment. And there's so much spirituality in what she does. And I personally have found, as I've considered Will I have a family in future? What will that look like? I'm getting older. I also have these experiences where I've had challenges with body image growing up. And how will that affect me if I decide to go that route of having a family? When I look at Carson and when I experience Carson, she really she really projects this energy of it's all going to be okay because nothing is permanent and we all have an opportunity to embrace the beauty of whatever is happening in that moment. And I find there's so much spirituality in the way that she delivers that message. And so that's really why I wanted to have her on the show to talk about the spirituality of the body and the birth process and to find out more about what attracted her into her doula hood, which is where she's going next. So here we go. I'm excited for you all to Meet my friend, Carson Dupree. Welcome, Carson. I'm so excited to have you here. You are you are really at the top of my list when I was considering who I wanted to have on the show for this first season. And we're going to get into it by having a little bit of an astrology conversation. So let's start with that. I'd love to hear from you. Tell me about your sun sign your moon sign, and your rising. And yeah, that's where we'll begin. Okay, yes. So my sun sign is Scorpio, and my moon sign is Sagittarius. My rising sign is Capricorn. I am also a Capricorn rising. So we just came through a Capricorn new moon. And were you feeling like over the last couple of days that your list making and structure and kind of pursuit of organization was extra high these last couple of days. Oh my gosh. Yes. And then the the evening of the new moon, I had like, I had a whole thing kind of planned out. I was going to watch this live and I was going to do all this stuff, but I had that whole day. Yeah. I feel like it had really peaked over that day and the following days for sure. But I definitely had to kind of like take some time that evening. And because I noticed that there was like, I felt um, a little bit, yeah, a little bit higher pulled to that type of thing, which is something that I love to do anyway. And I feel like just like that dopamine of getting things checked off your list is really good for me to stay organized because I can be kind of chaotic. But anyway, I just kind of had to unplug that evening. And uh, I journaled, of course, but uh, I didn't like tune in to like all of the things I had on my list that evening. And I just tried to like take a step back, which is unusual for me. Usually I'll just be like, yeah, get it, get it, do it, do it. But I definitely wanted to. I just like, do you know what I'm saying? Like I was trying to um, 
just kind of balance it out because it was causing me a little bit of stress because I was so, yeah, I was feeling that. What about you? Oh my gosh. That's, that's just so, that's so Capricorn. So with (laughs) the way that our rising signs work, especially when it's a new moon or a full moon, we can oftentimes have those energies really amplified. So I was actually, I was on Instagram stories the day after the new moon and I said, okay, I totally Capricorned myself yesterday. I I really had, I had like scheduled a day that was back to back to back to back meetings going right into, I host a new moon circle. So I went right into that. And then I think I had like another workshop scheduled, like right after that, that I was participating in. And I like stopped and was like, okay, Capricorn is like, is like on, it was like I had electrified the Capricorn inside of myself. And that's Mm -hmm. what happens on new moons and full moons. If, you know, it falls on our signs. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I totally feel that. That's hilarious. I had a lot, a lot, a lot of work this week. And honestly, I haven't really taken that much time to think about it, but, and I'm super new to still like the rising and the moon sign. I've always just like, been pretty into the fact that I'm a Scorpio and like really identified with that. But like over this past year, and this is actually like an intention of mine going into the, into 2021 is to kind of learn more about all of this. Like I know that I'm a manifesting generator and I know that I'm an Enneagram seven and I know that I'm a Scorpio and I have like these loosely in my life. Um, but I definitely, it's so great that like this is aligned for me to be on this podcast because um, I have recently been diving into this a little bit more. So that's so funny that you said that is so Capricorn because yes, this week I've just been like all the things, all the things uh, and like no room to breathe, but like also like feeling really good about it, like still like a high energy type of thing, you know, like feeling good. But then, yeah, I definitely had a little bit of like a, oh, okay. My plate is pretty full. <laughs> yeah, of time. That's, that's it. <laughs> That's so Capricorn. It's, and I, what I love about like you diving into that is you'll start to find that. So, you know, the normal thing for most of us is to know our sun sign first. And we start to kind of identify with what that is. When you start to really dive into what your rising sign is, especially, it's really how, just how you be in the world, how you show up, how you do things. It's really a lot of like what your personality is. And while your sun sign is kind of that true self, that like depth of self, this the rising becomes just how we show up in the world. And then the moon sign is how we are emotionally. So when you start to look okay. at the three of those and how they all play out and how they make up who you are, you'll start to find that things that you've always been you know, very much in a space of, oh, that that's how I am. That's just how I am. And maybe it didn't really line up with your sun sign. It w- It's probably right there in your rising or your moon sign. Oh, wow. Yes. I'm so excited to learn more about that. That really does make sense. And um, yeah, because I've never really like truly identified with every element of being a Scorpio, um, even though obviously there are some things that I feel like Scorpios are very like memeable. I mean, I'm sure like all of them are, of course, but like definitely Scorpio is obviously more on my radar. Um, And then Cancer, which is Colin's, you know, that's his sun sign. Um, So I always kind of am paying like paying attention to that. But yeah, the whole Capricorn rising, it's so interesting, especially my moon sign being in Sagittarius too. I, I really wonder about that because I know just based on, I mean, I don't know for sure, but like I've read based on my personal like Scorpio 
sign that like Scorpio and Sagittarius tend to be a little bit um, contradictory in a few different ways. So yeah, I'm curious about that. If that, do you, do you know if that tends to um, like show up in one person being a little bit contradictory in their personality or their ways of being? Do you know? Yeah. I mean, you could look. So if you were to look at your whole chart and look at, look at obviously your sun sign, your rising sign and your moon sign, there's depending on kind of where they fall exactly and which, uh, which houses they're in, all of that good stuff will tell you a little bit more about what kind of aligns and where you might have some, Mm. some little clashes within the chart. It doesn't mean that there's something bad. If there's a clash in your chart, it just might mean that you find, uh, lessons and Mm. challenges that can help you to evolve. They might show up a little bit more in those areas. And then once you get really dialed into your sun, moon, and rising, then looking at, I think the the ones that I like to really look at next are looking at your Venus because that's how you love. Mm. So then you can start to see with your partner, yeah, with your family, how you like to give love and how you like to receive love. And I think that one's really interesting to really explore. Um, It just furthers that relationship piece which is cool. And then Mm. I love looking at Mercury and Mars too. So Mercury is going to be how you communicate. Mm. And then Mars is how you take action. So mm -hmm. yeah, I've got my Mercury Scorpio, Venus is Scorpio and Mars is Sagittarius. So I'm like very Scorpio. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. That's a lot of Scorpio. That is interesting. (laughs) I will definitely dive more into that. And thank you for giving me like a little like rundown. I, I definitely, um, I'm so interested and intrigued and very into it. (laughs) Yeah. A little astro teaser there for you. Yes. A little astro teaser. I won't like milk it too much. I really, (laughs) I really appreciate just a little nugget and then I'll, well, we can move on, but that's so cool. Yeah. (laughs) Well, it's fun for me to kind of know what, that's why I like to ask the question. I mean, obviously, you know, it's like, on my first date with Ben, I was like, all right, give it to me. And he's like, I'm a Taurus. I was like, yeah, all guys I date are like, I could have told you that before I ever oh even gosh. sat down at this table. <laughs> you know, it's funny how those sorts of things start to start to show up. But then a lot of my really great girlfriends are either Scorpio, Cancer or Gemini. So I have like a oh. draw to that energy, too. Wow. Yeah, I uh what is your sun sign? I'm a Leo sun. And then obviously oh. my uh, rising is Capricorn. And then my moon is Taurus, which oh. may have something Aww. to do why, yeah, with why I always am loving Taurus, Taurus men, maybe. Yeah. It's possible. Maybe. That could be it. <laughs> yeah. It's it's definitely, it could, it could be something there. But yeah, Leo's my... Leo's my son, so I'm very much like always wanting to take care of the pride, you know, lioness, like wanting to take care of the pride. I also have just this like intense willingness and energy around performance. So like when I was a kid, it was like I wanted to, when I was little, I like wanted to be a rock star and then I wanted to be an actress. And then, you know, I I write a blog. I do things that are very like public facing. And I love Mm -hmm. that. I get really lit up by that energy. So Yes. Yeah. Same. Same over here. It's fun. It's all good stuff. It is fun. I agree. Yeah. Okay. So I want to talk about, well, I want to talk about a couple things, but let's talk about the new podcast first. I think 
I'm I'm so interested. I want to talk about the podcast, but I'm so interested in your experience. You have two beautiful little boys and they are both how okay, how old are both Phoenix and Sage? Okay, so Phoenix, he um he is 3 years and a couple months old. So he's 3. Yeah. And Sage just turned 1, so he's like exactly 12 months old. So they are 25 months apart. So 2 years and a month exactly. They were both born, born on a 17th. So like Phoenix was November 17th, which is 2 days after my birthday, and then Sage was born on December 17th. So there's just something a little magical about that little 17 number in our oh, little family. Yeah. And our anniversary is on a 17th and it's just cute. Um, oh, but, wow. Yeah, yeah that's, that's so cool. Uh, I love that. The numerology of of their birthdays and your anniversary, that's so special. That's really cool. Really, really it's cool. so cool. I really I really felt like I, I remember because I was two weeks over with Phoenix as we were like planning a home birth and it was my first time giving birth and like, you know, you just never know if you're going to go over, if you need to get induced or whatever. But I remember being like so bummed out that like he hadn't come by my birthday. And then I just totally released it on my birthday. I was like, oh, I guess it's whatever. And then I went into labor the next day spontaneously. So I definitely like, I feel like there was just some sort of, uh, I mean, obviously a connection, but there was just something to do with like my birthday and us being aligned in that way that he, he was ready. <laughs> he was ready to come out after that. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, that's so cool. So, okay. So when you consider the date of the 17th, when you look at that numerology, so you would add the one and the seven together. So eight would be a really special number for your family with both of them being born on the 17th and your anniversary being on the 17th. And what's, what's, what I love about that for you, eight is a symbol of balance. It's also, it's, you know, you turn it sideways, it's the infinity symbol. So what a beautiful symbol for a relationship with your husband and then this relationship of your two children, this like balance of infinity that you've brought into your family with that number. Oh, I love that. Thank you for blessing me with that. I love that. <laughs> wow. What a beautiful little thing. I just immediately was like, oh, what a cool tattoo idea. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. so sweet. I love that. Eight uh, on infinity. Whoa. So beautiful. That's awesome. Yeah. So cool. Okay. So all right. So you have two babes, right? Phoenix is just over three. So like, you know, about three and under, and then you start this beautiful podcast that's all around motherhood. Mm -hmm. So I want to hear about how that experience of motherhood translated into this just big shift and how you, how, just how you be in the world and then inspire how that inspired you to start this podcast. Totally. Yeah. I would love to share just a little bit about that. So it's really funny because I've been like existing in the like social media, Instagram blog space for like since 2000. I mean, I started my blog in 2012, but I didn't really like step into the Instagram life of like influencer or what have you until, you know, 2014 or 2015. So um, I definitely have kind of noodled around in a few different like ways to, I don't know, evoke change in some way while still, you know, doing the dance of Instagram on like, you know, the, the beautiful, like aesthetic level. I, I know, you you know what I'm saying? Um, so I definitely, I, I pursued like integrative health coaching 
um, as a means to kind of like be able to connect with women on their journeys with body image and food, just because I had personally recovered from an eating disorder in my teens and I had been to treatment and things. And so that was kind of the path that I was looking at for a while. And that led me to like some local connections here just with like yoga studios. And I became a booty yoga instructor for a while. I no longer do that, but that was kind of like that was like one chapter. Then I got pregnant and then everything just kind of shifted for me. Um, and I didn't even really revisit that wellness piece too much. Um, just because I kind of got burnt out on like wellness culture, if that makes sense. And like, I think that it can, in my personal opinion, in some people that I know's lives, it can kind of lean towards like, um, a little bit too extreme for some people and it can make them kind of, let me see if I can put this properly. It can make them kind of too in their brains and too out of their bodies for someone else to tell them how to live, if that makes sense. And then they yeah, can't really totally. tap in to their own signals, their own cues. And so my whole work with that was in myself and trying to get back to like my own cues and what I, and listen to my body and stop like listening to the noise of like even well-intentioned, beautiful people trying to, you know, give me advice or tell me how to live via the internet or blogs or whatever. So, um, podcasts even. And so that was like a pretty big journey for me. And, um, the pregnancy also gave me, and I do not think that you need to be pregnant ever to, um, experience this freedom at all. But like, I felt like personally, my pregnancy with Phoenix really gave me some after I had a miscarriage before him, but that also showed me how like resilient, and beautiful my body could be. And so my pregnancy, my miscarriage, and then my pregnancy with Phoenix really like set me off on this huge like birth, like advocacy, birth obsession um, world. And I really dove into that world and I have not come up for air really. <laughs> but yeah, so then I I had, I got pregnant with Sage too. Um, so last year and that was like a super fast forward, but basically got pregnant with him and then really like really thought maybe I should start work doing something in birth work. Maybe I could be a doula or something. And I was like, I can't be a doula. I have little kids. I'm up all night. I can't go to births. Um, but then I, this year when Sage was around 10 months old, I decided to pursue like being a, becoming a birth doula in this crazy pandemic year. <laughs> There's been so many like offers to do trainings online. Um, whereas typically I probably would have gone in person to like a seminar or something um, more immersive. I I have actually like really found this online um, training and I use what's called Birth Arts International. Um, and maybe you could like link that in the show notes for anyone that's interested or something like that. But um, so Birth Arts International is awesome and they're online and I still plan on doing some sort of... Um, so this all has to do with the podcast and I'll wrap it up quickly, but some You're sort of... You got it. <laughs> yeah, I, this is, but, yeah, this is great. <laughs> the backstory. Uh, I do want to do some sort of workshops and stuff in person, of course, but now I'm working on getting my births, like my birth hours, so go, attending five births, either in person or virtual support due to COVID restrictions, depending on where people live. But anyway, so that's what I'm doing. And uh, the podcast steps into play because my co-host and I, we kind of like... Uh, we have a bunch of different offerings and they're also different than each other. Like she, she's a Waldorf teacher. She is, you know, uh, she's an eating disorder recovery advocate as well, but like that sh she marries that with, um, she's a certified, you know, yoga teacher with her, you know, 200 RYT, 
Um, and she lives in New York state. So she's, we're just like completely different in a lot of ways, but we really, um, she's the mother of two kids and we really balance each other out in a lot of cool ways. And the reason that conscious as a mother came to be the podcast was because we, um, we had had a conversation kind of like how you and I had that conversation on the phone last week. We had just had a conversation, um, cause I was on her podcast and we just loved the chemistry that we had. And we decided like, why don't we just try to do, you know, a podcast together. And so that's kind of how it started. And I brought to table to the table, my doula training and, um, just my experience, my lived experience as, um, a mother and her, she brought to the table, her lived experience as a Waldorf teacher and also a mother for five years. And, um, we bring like relationship dynamics, household dynamics, parenting dynamics, but also we really wanted this like coming out of the gates, we really wanted our podcast to be like a safe space for like all folks, like whether they identify as being a mother, being a parent or not. And we just always wanted it to be like a safe space. We're dedicated to like anti-racism work. And we, um, we do episodes on gender and how we try to like foster a gender creative space for our children. Um, obviously I, I have like, I have boys in my household, like quote boys, uh, like anatomically. Um, but we do offer such like a safe space for them to explore however they feel comfortable. Um, even though they are so young, of course, but like gender expression is different than gender identity and all of that. So anyway, we talk, we just try to open up the space to be something that has a lot of representation, though we are two cis white women, um, who are also straight. We still try to like offer up this safe space and kind of just set us apart from some of the other podcasts that I've heard from the birth world um, that are out there right now. And yeah, we just talk about our experiences. We talk about literally everything. And we try not to make it just for people that are parents of, you know, children or human children. There's definitely parents of, you know, plant parents and dog parents and cat parents that listen, that love it. And uh, it's just like a cool conversation between two friends. And we talk about body image and other things, like I said, that aren't necessarily related to parenting. But yeah, that's kind of what it was. And that was kind of my, like, it scratched that itch of, you know, trying to do something a little bit deeper with my current platform and my current life and also incorporate my doula training into it. Um, and that's kind of <laughs> what the podcast is in a long winded answer. But I think that the context of kind of the journey makes it make a little bit more sense. Yeah, that's great. I mean, there's a vibe that you, um, maybe you are aware of this and maybe you aren't, but there's a vibe that you give off in everything that you do that is there's this divine mother energy that comes from you that is you don't have to have you don't have to have little babies you don't have to have two boys you just have to be open to mothering yourself first and when you do that and care for yourself and you, your openness and how you share all of those topics that you just mentioned really comes through in the work that you do and that that really creates a sacred space. And so exactly to your point, it's like no matter if you are the mom of human children or just mothering yourself and your own soul, there's this really beautiful energy that comes through mm. the work that you do. Thank you for saying that. I definitely have like really, I've always felt that whisper in my life, but I've, I've really stepped into and embodied that I feel like in the last year. Um, and my co-host, her name's Prim Ormanovich, and she uh, she's also an author. And she always says, what does she say? She says, 
to come as you are, not as you should be. And I think that like releasing that uh, pressure has really been a very valuable thing for me to recognize like how I can step into that. Like you said, that mothering essence, that nurturing space that exists and really mother myself and kind of, yeah, just give myself that attention, that love, that openness, and also just be able to hold everything with more of an open hand and less of that, you know, like that list making less of that, um, that structure and rigidity, you know, and more flow into my life. Yeah, totally. So, okay. I want to back up. I want to ask you about this. So I, I have a similar backstory and experience and the eating disorder, um, experience growing up. I was, I I guess I was like 14, 15 years old. I was, well, my, I had like a massive family break that happened when I was 13. And my attempt at taking control of what had happened was, was turned inwards and was a, a a control over my body image. That's, that was how I played played that mm-hmm. out. And I went through that experience from about 14, 15 years old until I was about 21. And I was a similar story. I went through treatment and I had this very, I'm so grateful at about 21, 22, I had this somehow had this kind of spiritual break in which I like woke up from those, all of those years in which I had been just like stuck in this cloud, this haze of what had mm-hmm had kind of transpired over those past, whatever it was, eight or eight or, you know, so years for you. One of the things I've always thought about is what it must be like to be a woman who goes through that experience and then step into this massive, uh, transformation that you go through when you enter into motherhood and pregnancy. How did you approach how did you approach that? How did you keep those feelings and experiences and fears from, from taking over your mind as you were going into this massive change in both, you know, mind and body and, and truly everything Mm -hmm. in your life? Yeah. I actually like really love this topic and we do have, I think we have a whole episode about this in mine and Prem's life just because we, um, yeah, we definitely have both kind of been there with the background and um, eating disorder recovery and things. And so um, in my personal experience with Phoenix, I, and I talk about this on the podcast, I was like in a larger body after my miscarriage. Like I was in a larger body um, when I got pregnant with Phoenix than I had been in a long time. And I did have to sit with that discomfort um, because it was kind of like a fear. And I guess maybe potential trigger warning with me talking about like uh, eating disorder recovery and like potentially behavior type uh, conversation in this next few minutes. But um, yeah, so I was just going to say, yeah, it was hard like being at like a larger body before I even got pregnant just based on my pregnancy or the miscarriage that happened and and I had put on some weight and then got pregnant with Phoenix. And though I was so, like I said earlier, like marveled and excited, yeah, there was some work that I still had to do. And there were some things that came up throughout that pregnancy um, that I did have to face and some fear. And I really, you know, I tried to um, it just incorporate things that I knew had worked in the past. Like if there was a checkup that I needed to get weighed at, I would, you know, ask to be weighed backwards or, um, you know, just try not to 
And I think that in that way, sometimes you kind of give power to the numbers and like, you know, there's the whole, all of that, but, and then, but then there's sometimes where you just know that you need to protect your energy and you don't know how you're going to respond to seeing something that you may need to keep working on. And again, like you said, this is something that I'd never really done. I mean, this was a huge transformation for me, but, um, I think that that pregnancy was a little bit more kind of like I was learning and I didn't really know. I never really like arrived in my body as like, oh yeah, like I'm fully healed. And I I honestly like even hesitate to say fully healed because I feel like things will always come up and I will always have a body and I will always be confronted by food in one way or another um, or perfection in one way or another. I will say that. Um, And so I think with that pregnancy, there was just a, a big learning curve and I was, how old was I? I was 23. And so I you know, I, and that wasn't, I mean, that wasn't that long ago, but I think that like, I just, I am still learning who I am and I still feel that way. I think I'll probably feel that way forever, but I, um, I just, yeah, I just don't think that that pregnancy was really the one where I landed in my body and felt like totally fine. I think with Sage, that pregnancy was just like, uh, and I, this might be annoying, but it was just like, gosh, it was just magical and beautiful and everything that I, everything that I always imagined pregnancy would be like. I mean, I was sick, of course, but I think that the ways that if you have any listeners that are thinking about getting pregnant or have struggled with eating disorder history in the past, like I definitely think that there are some things and there are some ways that you can support your body during that time. And just like, remember that like nothing is permanent. Um, And just to try to take it day by day, especially if you are maybe struggling or even if you're super enjoying it, just like to try to take it day by day and take in, maybe make a list of things that you're grateful for that day, maybe specifically about your body. Um, or maybe even things that aren't necessarily about the way you look or your physical body and maybe about your experience and the way that it feels. I think that that can bring that depth to the experience um, and just be open and honest with those around you. Like when you're struggling or even if you if you just feel protective over that and you're not struggling just yet, tell your provider, tell your midwife, tell your OB, tell your partner, tell your mom if you have a supportive parent in your life or your friends. Um And I think just really maybe getting a doula also is a really good, not to like plug doulas because I'm in doula school, but like getting a doula or a postpartum doula to kind of help you with that transition. I think that that's kind of, those are some tangible ways to like prepare and be ready for that. Yeah. I mean, and what a beautiful thing to, what a gift to give to yourself to remind yourself every day that nothing is permanent we are constantly changing in all ways. And at the end of this experience that you're in, there's going to be this beautiful gift of this human that you've created. So, you know, that's, it's uh that's such a gift to just continue to remind yourself of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just be yeah. gentle with yourself. I think that that can apply to like everything, but yeah, specifically with the whole body image piece, I think that, you know, being pregnant can really trigger some things for some people. And then also it can, and for other people, it can really allow like a lot of um, grace and forgiveness and freedom that they just maybe have not stepped into. But pregnancy kind of, for me, at least it had, it kind of offered up that, uh, I don't know. I think, I feel like the word like divinity comes to mind, like for me to step into like this purpose that I was, you know, so grateful to be able to, you know, exist in, you know, that was really kind of, 
a really deeper space for me, at least with that second pregnancy. That first one, I just was like <laughs> trying to survive. <laughs> <laughs> just just making it. And, and right. you did. And it's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Thank oh, you. Oh, man. Yeah. Thanks for sharing all of that. I know that that is it's there's never a day that it's really ever done and gone. So it's it's, you know, something that we're all constantly if you've been through that experience, you're constantly working to just check in on how that's impacting your life on any given day, even when it is, you know, years past, little things can creep back up. So thanks for sharing all of that. Of course. Of course. And thank you for sharing. I didn't know that, that you had also like kind of had your own, you know, journey with that. I feel like most people have and maybe don't really speak on it too much or don't recognize it for what it is. But yeah, thank you for sharing that as well. Yeah. I mean, mine was very much like you said, there was like this high, I was an incredibly overachieving child. Like Mm -hmm. if I was not getting, you know, straight A's and uh, 100 points on every test, I was like in meltdown mode and Mm -hmm. no one did that. Nobody put that pressure on me. That was just something innately in me. And when you couple that with, uh, you know, just having an experience of some sort of trauma, which mine was the, my family, my my family experience, it was like, what can I do to, to create perfection in another way? And what can I do to like, hang on to control when everything that I thought was my, you know, my safe zone is now in this like total whirlwind that, that was what I went to. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, it, it, no matter what the trigger is that, that starts it, there's so many ways it can happen. Totally. Um, yeah. 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 That's like, I feel like with, with food and body image and whether it's like an eating disorder or just like weird disordered eating or body dysmorphia tendencies, a lot of that is, yeah, like you said, like that trauma response. And it's just like a safety blanket of like our subconscious trying to protect us from these other stressors. And, you know, as like, as hard as it can be, it also can be kind of like a gift to be like, oh, I'm having these thoughts or, oh, I'm having these behaviors. Like it must mean something bigger is going on. And this is just my, you know, my trauma response to something. Um, Totally. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think the numbers like 90% of what goes on in our minds is existing in our subconscious. Right. And we are only aware of what, like 10% of what's happening. Mm, So so crazy. (laughs) It's so crazy. So it's Mm -hmm. like when, you know, apply that to being a teenager or like a young adult and trying to sort through what's happening in life and things can go, things can go a little awry for sure. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, I totally agree. Okay. I also want to talk to you about in the little bit of time that we have left. So you've spent a little time talking about your, your, you kind of going into this intense study of the birthing process. And obviously you went through two births yourself and in a short amount of time, and now you're exploring the work of, of being, becoming a doula. So for those that don't know what a doula does and what a doula really is and the birthing process. Can you talk to us about that? Totally. Yes. Um, so a doula is, they kind of act as like a hired family member kind of, or a coach. Um, doula comes from the word, um, servant or slave. So like there is some unpacking to do with like the actual term of a doula and kind of just like, uh, what it means historically, But, um, and that kind of just plays into like the anti-racist work that is constantly being done, at least on my end um, of the doula world. And there is a lot of 
work with that. Um, but anyway, so that word essentially means like you are, you are a protector, you're an advocate, you are helping the birthing person and their partner. And, um, a lot of times a doula in today's society will, you know, um, let's just pretend like COVID isn't really going on. That might be easier for me to explain, but basically like doula will be called, um, kind of right away whenever mom is starting to, or birthing parent is starting to have contractions, um, and feeling something out of the ordinary. Maybe they'll be consulted via text or call and listen to mom and see how she sounds. And, um, come over and kind of be with them and, um, apply counter pressure maybe to their back. So like just basically take them through like a variety of physical and emotional ways to support their body. For me, a lot of that was breath work, um, and like stepping into like the hypnobirthing breath work way of, um, managing pain. Um, because a lot of the birthing process, and it does not have to be, I will also add that the doulas do not have to be um, only for like unmedicated births at all. Like there are so many benefits of doulas for cesarean births or um, epidural births. It just really depends. It's just doulas basically bring the, um, they can bring the holistic kind of nature of birth to any birth setting. Um, and they can grab you food. They can be there whenever your partner needs to take a nap or go to the bathroom. And the partner can really focus on the birth itself rather than like trying to figure out what was it that we learned in that class that one time. And like the doula can just be there to, um, be that sounding board and also kind of, um, advocate for the mom in a bunch of different ways. There is also like pregnancy support and postpartum support that is offered as well. Um, and yeah, we're just supposed to be like a safe space to offer education and, um, just any type of support that the birthing parent and their partner needs, especially if they don't like for single moms or teen moms, or there's, um, there's a lot of ways to get involved as a doula. Um, and a lot of, there are actual statistics and I don't have them off the top of my head, but there are proven reductions in cesarean rates for those birthing people that do have doulas. Um, and yeah, they, they just really, um, there's just a lot of really good things that have come out of the doula world. And, um, I'm so grateful that sometimes, at least during this COVID time, they are also letting certified doulas into births for the most part. Um, But if that's not an option, you can also reach out and get virtual support from a doula. Um, And they're just a really, it's a really cool world, the birthing world. And of course, I mean, like I said, there are postpartum doulas as well. And there are also even like death doulas and grievance doulas. And um, that's a completely different world. But um, doulas are pretty cool. (laughs) They're like coaches and friends, basically. (laughs) It's kind of like the idea of the Sherpa taking you up Mount Everest, but you're Mm -hmm. just, it's a different type of Mount Everest. Right. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 And do, I will add that doulas don't offer any like type of clinical, like vaginal exams or anything like that. That's, that's strictly for like a midwife or a doctor. So this is like, basically, yeah, like you said, like a support person. (laughs) Got it. Yeah. So for someone who might be interested in exploring a more holistic approach to birth, a doula would be a really good partner to right. work with. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Got it. Got it. So special. I'm so excited to see how this new path unfolds for you as we get out of COVID times and you right. can really start to <laughs> to work this new this new part of your divine 
conscious mother mothering life that you have. Thank you. I'm so excited. I definitely, yeah, my experience with the doulas that were at my births um, really kind of helped me kind of launch into that because yeah, it was just some sort of incredible support. Uh, this divine mothering power that you speak of was really present in my personal experiences. And I just wanted to at least maybe be that for someone else. Yeah. So beautiful. Okay. So I want to wrap up with, I've got a list of five questions. We're doing five for 2021. Yeah. Five for 2021 because in numerology, 2021 is a five year. So we'll close with five Mm. questions. Yes. Okay. So the first one is tell me about an object or a charm, just something special, some sort of special object that you have that you find to be just incredibly comforting and maybe a little spiritual for you. Hmm. That's a good question. Oh my gosh. So, um, a little object and this might sound kind of small, but my mom gave me these earrings that were hers. And, um, throughout this COVID, this whole COVID process and everything, like I found that like getting quote dressed has really helped me on a daily level, um, kind of feel a little bit more, grounded and a little bit more like myself. And of course there are some of that is like letting go of that need to be doing, but, um, at least putting on these earrings of my mom's they're from, you know, whenever she was a teenager and, uh, they're just these gold hoops. They're small, but they remind me of her and I can't really see her right now. So they just, I don't know. They've just really special to me and they always kind of make me feel more grounded I'm wearing them right now. <laughs> Yeah, there's something so magical about just adorning yourself, even if it's just for yourself. And then, yeah, doing so with something that was your mother's and now is yours is a really beautiful kind of ancestral lineage passing from mother to daughter. That's really, really special. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Next question is, tell me about a book that has in your life that totally changed your perspective. Oh, wow. Hmm. I haven't read a big, I haven't really read that many like fun books lately, but I have read so many birthing books over the past few years. And I know that's kind of like the theme for my, I guess my episode with you is like my whole birthing background, but, um, yeah. Tell me about a good birthing book. Yeah. A good birthing book. I really, really loved Ina May's guide to childbirth. And she basically just talks about a bunch of the physiological and like spiritual, uh, components to birth that are unique to each birthing parent. And, um, also just like the process in general is always a quote, you know, it's always a natural process. And you hear a lot of, you know, birthing parents speak of like, Oh, I want a natural birth, a natural birth, but birth is always natural, whether it's, you know, a cesarean or like, um, even like adoption, like that's all a natural space. You know, these, these, children, they, they're, this is going to get so woo woo, but we are here. Um, they're, they're spirits, you know, they, I feel like my, my son Sage, especially, I, I really felt that connection of like, I felt like he chose me to be his, you know, his, his mom. Um, and I really feel that way about just like in general with children, like they choose us and whether you're a teacher or an aunt, an uncle, um, I just really feel like the way that our lives intercept with, I guess, any other person. Um, it's really special. But anyway, I feel like Anime's um, Guide to Childbirth was really a good one for me to kind of uh, ground me in that experience, especially the first pregnancy that I had. That was, that one was really pivotal for me. 
Yeah, that's so great. I mean, I I definitely believe that souls travel in packs that we from mm. from from each car, you know, each time we we reincarnate, we travel in a pack. And so whether that just like you said, whether that means you're coming back together as, you know, mother and son or aunt to to niece or whatever that might be or teacher to student, I really believe that's incredibly real and that, you know, each time we find our soul pack again is you just, you just can feel it and really know it. it. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yes. I agree. Yeah. So cool. Okay. So next question is tell me about an experience or moment in your life that changed you as a human being in a profound way. Wow. Hmm. I think that my like knee jerk reaction is to, again, like reference something related to birth, but like, I feel like maybe I should do something a little bit different. Um, I really think that my, um, sorry if you heard my baby. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I really think that my experience with my eating disorder as a teenager was like really big for me. It really helped me step into ways to, um, you know, express myself uh, other than just like focusing on my physical body. And that's kind of when I started like diving into like, uh, manifestation and, you know, even just like music. I used to play a lot of music. I don't as much anymore, but you know, I was like playing some shows locally and I was, um, really like there with my friends and it really helped me find like the people that were really truly there for me. And, uh, I'm still friends with those people even today. And I think that that experience, though it was hard, um, that was like one of those things that really changed and shaped who I was or who I am and uh, really set me on my whole life's journey, I feel like. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. I I mean, what what a transformational experience to go through and a defining a defining factor for who you then grow into as right. you as you evolve. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the next question is tell me about something you do today for your personal wellness that's just important to you every day. Oh, I love this one. So I recently have tried over, like I see recently as in like the past, like four months, I have really gotten back into journaling and, um, yeah, I journal every evening and I also draw every evening. So I draw, um, I draw a picture every evening. Usually I'll draw a portrait of my children and then I'll draw a portrait of myself, like a self-portrait. There's a mirror right in front of my bed and I usually just stare at it and like sketch. And they look, it's crazy how different they look every single day. And so that's been like a really silly way for me to like kind of just be creative um, in a way that has nothing to do with like my career or my job or anything. It's just like fun for me to like get that pad of paper out in the pen and just start sketching. And then I also do like a quick journal before bed. Um, I mean, a quick, I say quick, it's like 20, maybe 20 minutes to 40 minutes. And I'll do like a list of accomplishments for the day, a list of gratitude for the day, and then a list of prayers for the coming days. And just again with the lists, <laughs> I just like, I feel like lists are just easier for my brain to focus and to see. It's like more of like a rewarding process. It's like one, two, three, four. These are the things that um, I accomplished. These are the things that I'm so grateful for. And these are the things that um, I'm praying for. And I tend to keep them kind of specific for the day so that I don't just like 
do something super general. Like I'm grateful for my kids, even though I am grateful for my kids. I'm like, I'm grateful that I slowed down and played trains with Phoenix today or something like that. So I can kind of look back because I'm one of those people that does look back on my journal entries and I'll look back and read and be like, oh, I remember that. Like that was super specific. Yeah. I love doing that too. I love checking back and just seeing where my head was at just even a few months before. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I love it. The gratitude practice, the journaling of just gratitude is such a great way just to raise our our own actual vibration, right? Like our mm. our personal vibration. So, so cool. And I love the drawing, just that <laughs> moment of expression, just like right. channeled expression. So, so beautiful. Thank you. I love that. Yeah. Okay. Last question for you. Tell me about a moment that you knew that magic was real. That's such a good question. Oh my gosh. Do you want to hear the crazy story? It's so long. I'll just make it super short. Um, so the moment I knew magic was real and this is a crazy story and it's kind of like my party trick story. I tell it all the time. <laughs> yeah. It, give it to me. I want the, I want the party trick story. I don't think I've I ever it. told it on my podcast. Maybe I'll tell it this season, but this is a, an exclusive. Um, so basically whenever I was going through my eating disorder therapy, um, I haven't thought about this in a while, but um, I was going through my eating disorder therapy. I also was struggling with panic disorder. And for those of you, I don't know, Andy, if you've ever had them, but like I was struggling with severe panic attacks. um, And like, I couldn't drive my car. I had to drop out of like physical college. I had to switch to all online. Um, I had to go to therapy like constantly. And um, I ended up getting on medication, but I wasn't even on it for too long. And I'm not here to hit on medication like that it's bad or good or anything. I'm just saying like I was on it. It didn't really work for me at the time. Um, but anyway, uh, but anyway, so I was at a restaurant with my friend and, um, she had picked me up because I couldn't drive and she was eating. I remember she was eating like a chicken salad sandwich. And I was just like in my weird, like eating disorder recovery brain was like, how can she just eat and not care? And she's so happy and fine and normal. And I feel like my brain's exploding. And I was having like visual disturbances. Like I felt like I was manic, like it, maybe I was, I honestly, I don't know, but I couldn't, it looked like everything was in like a Pixar movie or like a video game. Like my visuals were all messed up and I just like was always shaking or my stomach always hurt and I was sweaty all the time. Just like, like very like normal, quote normal, like panic disorder symptoms. Anyway, so I was sitting there with her, she's eating and I just like, don't even remember if I got anything. And this girl, I just see that the door, it's dark outside and it's all glass windows. And this girl just like opens the door and comes in the restaurant And she's just staring at me. I've never seen her before. And long story short, she comes up to me, asks if she can like lay hands on me, which in my town of Tyler, and I'm not saying anything negative about like Christianity or anything, but like that was a very like, you know, Christian kind of normal thing for people to do. And I wasn't raised with any type of religious background, but I was working on my spirituality at that point. I was really trying to dive into that. And anyway, she just started like talking about all these things There's no way she could have known very specific (laughs) about me. And she basically didn't even ask anything about me. She didn't know my name. She didn't know about my panic disorder. She like laid these hands on me and said some crazy stuff. And then like, I've never had a panic attack (laughs) since that day. Um, It was super crazy. And I know that that sounds nuts, but um, maybe it doesn't because that like we, you just asked me, how did I know magic was real? But that girl, she was on another level. And I, ever since then I was like, okay, well that's what, I mean, there's something to, you know, there's something else 
at play here in this life. And the fact that I am healed by a stranger and I didn't even, okay, I also will say I was super skeptical and I was just like, whoa, that was super weird. And I totally forgot that it even happened. And then like two days later, I was like, wait, I don't have any panic attack symptoms anymore. And then I made the connection maybe a couple weeks later, but that's a really specific weird story, but I love it. I hope that it scratches that that. itch. (laughs) Yes. That's what I was looking for. I mean, that's, that is how you know magic's real. That's totally it. Yes. Mm -hmm. Oh, so amazing. I mean, you know, people are supposed to intersect into our lives exactly how they're supposed to. And there you go. There it was. Yeah. It gives me goosebumps even still. It was like, it was kind of a spooky interaction, but (laughs) I mean, it was still super cool. (laughs) Oh, wow. Yes. Oh my gosh. Okay, Carson, I appreciate you being with me so much. Is there anything else you want to share about the things you're working on before we wrap up? Um, well, I will just plug Conscious as a Mother again because we are currently yeah. working on, we're going to be recording season two very soon. Um, and it will be out towards the end of February or the beginning of March uh, 2021. And it's just a really fun journey. And maybe you could get caught up on season one if you're listening to this and you feel connected with me in any way. It's been super, super fun. And um, I think there's a lot of fun stuff to come out of that this year. Awesome. Thanks so much. I can't wait to get into season two when it comes out. I just love the work that you're doing and just following along with all the stuff that's going on in your life and how beautifully you share this just magical mothering soul that you have. So thanks for being with me. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for having me, Andy. It's been a blast. Okay, there we are. Oh, I love Carson so much and just am so filled up with gratitude for everything that she had to share with us today. I am taking that advice from her. Be gentle with yourself. Be gentle with yourself. And there is divinity in just existing in your purpose. And nothing is permanent. Nothing is permanent. And if that isn't a lesson, I don't know what is. So much just incredible insight from my soulful, soulful sister, Carson. Carson, thank you so much for being with us. If you want to learn more about what Carson is up to, you can find her on her website, Carson K. Dupree. I will leave it in the show notes. You can also find her on Instagram and her Instagram is the same, Carson K. Dupree. She has her podcast, Conscious as a Mother. You can find it on Instagram and, of course, on your favorite podcasting platform. As we close out the show today, I promised I was going to share a couple reviews with you. And ah, I'm excited. I'm excited to share them. So this one is from I Am Little Wolf. And it says, here for it can't wait for more. I am a part of Andy's Lunar Living Workshop, and this podcast is just another wonderful extension of her depth. She's got a real practical and beautiful approach to spirituality. I'm here for all of it. Can't wait for more episodes. Thank you so much. I mean, the smile, if you guys could see me, the smile on my face right now is just, it's just huge. Okay. This one is from the name on iTunes is Mary Catherine underscore Q. And it says, everything that's been missing from your life, this podcast and the conversations Andy is facilitating are resonant with truth, beauty, and love. I can't even express how much I have loved just the first few episodes. 
If you're a woo-woo human looking for a woo-woo practice or you're totally new to the woo, this is everything you've been looking for. (sighs) Thank you, friends. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So as a reminder, if you want to follow along with the show, make sure that you have subscribed to the show. That helps us out a lot when you are subscribed. It helps us to get our numbers up. We have been, as I mentioned, number 12 on the chart and we're working on getting up into that top 10, top five, who knows, number one. And also go give us a follow over on Instagram. On Instagram, we are your woo woo BFF. I'm Andy wee wee girl on Instagram, O-U-I-W-E-G-I-R-L. And we've got lots of fun stuff coming up. I've got some little goodies coming for you all, my podcast people. There's some really amazing freebies over on my website that I want to make sure that I am encouraging you to go check out my eight-step manifestation guide. If you don't have it, go grab it off of my website. And I'm creating something special just for you guys. So make sure you're coming back week after week after week. And I'll let you know what that is really, really soon. And with that, we are complete for today. Sending all of the spiritual magic your way. And I'll see you again next week. Take care.